Hey, uh, thanks for listening to the Nick and Big J podcast. We appreciate it. And you know what? It's brought to you by The Advocates. If you've been in an accident, well, call The Advocates. 208-471-4444. Decided to sleep in? Missed your favorite morning show? Yeah, don't worry. It's the Morning After Podcast with Nick and Big J. Presented by Treasure Valley Subaru, Idaho Center's premier pre-owned superstore. With their pre-owned personal shopper, your requests will be personally handled by their team of salespeople, sales managers, and vehicle buyers, meaning you got someone looking out for you the whole way. And with Easy Peasy Loan Approval, they've got you taken care of in a way that doesn't require a social security number or trigger a credit inquiry. So go check them out, Treasure Valley Subaru at the Idaho Center. Now, for Nick and Big J. Take it away, boys. All right, everybody, here we are. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Welcome to Wednesday, the 29th day of June, 2022. My name, well, that would be Nick, and there's Big J right over there. Hey! We are here, present, and accounted for as the month of June has almost gone right by, Big J. Yeah, man. Only one more day left in this month, and uh, then that's that's the way it's going to work. We are we are finished with the month of June. Has it treated you well? Yeah. You're happy with the month? Yeah. Give me your month highlight. This My, one should be easy down. for you. Slip oh, wow. Okay, that surprised me. Why? I kind of thought your month highlight would be raising all the money for the Alzheimer's Society, but yeah, uh, I, I understand. Mean, you're, you're right. I, I, well, those are two different things. I mean, that's a, that's a whole summer goal. I see. But yeah, but it came <clears> to a fruition yeah. this particular month. And all the results that it came in. That we were, you know, discussing fun. Well, listen, that is, I mean, that's a, a lot good of work. thing that you do. I understand. Yes, I appreciate but, that. But what I'm saying is, that's why you can look back on it now. Here's the thing. And be proud right of now, the work I'm that you in did. like, uh, I'm in uh, vacation mode uh-huh. from that. Like, taking a couple weeks off, so I haven't even been thinking about it. Gotcha. Uh, and you'll be in vacation. Well, it doesn't really. it's not really a vacation next week, right? I mean, you're going uh, out of town, but not for exactly fun vacation. Oh, no, no. I meant I'm taking a vacation no. from the fundraising I, for a couple weeks. But I was transitioning yes. from a mental vacation I, to an actual one. I will be. I will get to see family, and okay. that's the thing. And here's the thing. People die, unfortunately. It's... <laughs> what? You know, it's awful, and it sucks, and, you know, but here's the thing. The plus out of that, when that happens, is that usually you get a chance to... Uh, you know, go and, and say goodbye and, and see all the family that you don't get to normally see. So I'll be doing that um, here in a couple weeks. Are a bunch of people like making the trek to Montana for it? I think most like, of the people, seeing some people from like there in Montana. Oh, okay. I didn't. Uh, yeah. I didn't know if like uh, you had Minnesota family. I didn't know if they were making the trip in. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, and um, so yeah, yeah, you're right about that. It's not really a vacation. Just a quick trip to Montana next week. But uh, certainly it will be one that hopefully will let you hit the reset button at least a little bit as we all look towards the month of July and 4th of July plans and all sorts of fun stuff stuff that's happening over the course of the next couple of months. But yeah, it's hard to believe that June's already damn near in the rearview mirror. Today on the show, we got tickets to Bad Flower and Royal Bliss. That show is happening Saturday at Expo Idaho. The grandstand's part of the Idaho Concert Series. It's presented by 100.3 The X, so we are going to be giving away some tickets over the next couple of days, blowing those out if you want to make sure you go to that show. And trust me, uh, you have two amazing live bands that are playing on Saturday. You will not be disappointed if you go to this show, I assure you. On top of that, we also have a movie review for Big J. Triple R was the movie he watched last night on Netflix, so let you know if it's any good or not. And we will also have some more fun and excitement over the course of the program today. But let's get started with a little bit of music courtesy of Everlast. 
what it's like kicking off the morning after with Nick and Big J on the X Rocks. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Sometimes when things seem too good to be true, they probably are. And I got one of these, which is why it pops up in my interesting things that happen. But uh, if you are an Idahoan, there is a puncher's chance that in your mailbox recently you received a flyer that was all about the Idaho Property Tax Reduction Program. Uh, it was. Uh, it seemed like it was one of those deals where I was like, wow, yeah, I'm paying a ridiculous amount of money in property taxes, especially over the last couple of years. This seems like a great way to save money. I'd love to reduce that. Thank you. Well, Idaho officials warn, uh, don't fall for it. According to Attorney General Lawrence Wasden and the Idaho State Tax Commission, uh, the flyer implies that it's from them, but it is not. Uh, the flyer even cites a section of Idaho Code on property tax belief, which if you look up on the internet does pop up, but makes you think, oh, there's some legitimacy to this flyer. However, it is not from the local government at all. It's just an attempt to get your personal information so that they can steal from man, you. These are clever and sophisticated scams, man. It contains inaccurate details about the state's property tax reduction program and a phone number that does not match the number for any Idaho government offices and that is the big kind of key off. How are you supposed to fight this on a regular basis? So hard. Basically, the, the, the what what you should do at this point... Not believe anything. Absolutely correct. You, you do not call any flyer that has been put in your mailbox, especially if they're looking for financial information from you. Uh, if you receive the flyer, don't call it. Shred it. Throw it away. That's what the Attorney General Office advises, and that's what you should do because, listen, uh, there is no way to lower your property taxes unless, of course, you have some extenuating circumstances, i.e. disabilities or something to that particular side of things. Then there are some ways that you can do this, but the reality of it is property values have gone through the roof, so have your property taxes, and that is the rub of living in a place where the property values have shot up. Why you think you get that in a flyer in the mail and you go, man, that really would be nicer right, to pay that much in property tax. Of course it would. That's why they, they're hoping you call and share your bank account information with them so that they can then rob you blind. So please be careful. Trust no one. And make sure if you kind of give it the smell test, if it seems like it might be a little bit off, it probably is because you cannot trust anybody anywhere. Yeah, if you didn't ask for the information on something, pff, don't trust it. Exactly. It's uh, a lot of times they're just trying to screw you over. Will Hardy looks like he's going to be the new coach of the Utah Jazz, Big J. He was the Boston Celtics assistant coach last year. Spent time before that as the assistant down in San Antonio. ESPN and The Athletic first reported yesterday that it will be him. Uh, first time NBA head coach for Hardy. He will be replacing Quinn Snyder, who decided to leave earlier this month after eight seasons as the Jazz head coach. He will be... The youngest coach in, in the NBA, Big J. He's sitting pretty at just 33 years old. What were you 33? doing at 33? Yeah, exactly. Learning to tie my shoes. <laughs> uh, there's some more fallout from that huge Angels Mariners ball that happened, uh, brawl that happened on Sunday, and that is Archie Bradley, the pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels. Turns out he ended up breaking his elbow in the brawl, uh, but it wasn't because he like landed a punch or he uh, ended up getting punched. He was jumping over the dugout rail, fell on his <laughs> elbow, and then broke it. So how athletic! He, What's his position? He's a, a relief pitcher. 
he uh, ended up uh, gonna he's gonna miss the next month because of it, and uh, he's not the only one. Mariners catcher Luis Torrens had to go on the 10-day DL as well. They think he tore something in his shoulder during the brawl, so these things are starting to have some real consequences. But like I said, it was the first time in a long time where it was an actual brouhaha. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. The footage of it, there were actual yeah, haymakers thrown, great. and it went on for a while. It's better than a lot of the UFC pay-per-views. So it was it was one of those deals where you know real people were. Really Really fighting, and they got really injured because of it. So, uh, believe it or not, when you get in fights, you get injured. And That's dude is never living that down. That he broke his elbow trying to get out of the dugout. Well, listen, right? uh, I don't know about that because it, 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 it would take us a while to list really stupid baseball player injuries before we got to that one. Yeah, There's but in the something. brawl and that whole thing, I mean, that's what's topical right now. I mean, he's never living that down. Uh, he won't have to see his team for a month, but yes, I'm guessing he'll probably get razzed for the rest of the season, maybe even his career. Didn't even get a punch in. That's our, uh, that's our buddy uh, Alex Guerrero's client, by the way, Archie Bradley. I so. love him. <laughs> That guy's awesome. <laughs> what a turnaround. He was just trying to stay out of that fight uh, for the good of his team. Deadline reports that uh, the Who's the Boss sequel has landed at Amazon. Yes, that's right. Tony Danza, Alyssa Milano, they're back <laughs> in the TV show Who's the Boss as nostalgia Samantha! continues. Uh, yeah, Samantha's gone. I don't know how they're going to do that one. but uh, No, she is. A- a- Angela is, is around. Yeah, Samantha. Angela. What was, Mona. Mona was the grandma. Mona's, Mona's that, gone. That has passed on. But uh, Angela, I don't. it doesn't say anything about Angela. Angela or uh, the uh, the kid, I can't remember his name in it, uh, but uh, nobody cares about that. We do know that Alyssa Milano and Tony Danza are back uh, to reprise their roles from the original 1984 show. You think Tony's still going to be like a, a house cleaner at that point? I hope so. Has he made any kind of career advances in the 30 plus I hope years? not. I hope it's just the same. He's still taking care of Alyssa Milano. Will you watch it? I mean, I want to see an episode because I saw this. I was going to do it for Bad Impressions. Thanks for stealing it. You're welcome. Uh, <clears throat> and it would be interesting to see just one episode. Because, I, like, as mu- I, I do remember watching Who's the Boss, uh, but it also was because I, I do remember also having a crazy crush on Alyssa Milano, which I don't think has ever gone away. But uh, I will say that... Nothing about Who's the Boss made it a good television show. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not one of those things where you have a lot of great feelings about the amazing plots and the character development in Who's the Boss. It oh, was just a, a part of your childhood. Right. I but mean, there's some good sitcoms that can, that resonate with you. Seinfeld, for instance. You know, those are things yeah. that have some really good plot lines and some interesting things that stick and stay. And I'm not sure Who's the I, Boss had that. I concept. would put Who's the Boss in there with, like, Charles in Charge. Sure. Yeah, like shows that were on when you were a kid. They were just on. But not ones that you went, wow, what a great show. I can't believe it's coming back. So we'll see how it does. We'll throw Family Ties in there as well. Oh, sure. Well, yeah, but, you know, Family Ties, uh, Charles in Charge. We we can talk about Who's the Boss. We can talk about Mr. Belvedere. We can talk about, you know, there's a lot of... 80 sitcoms that My were part dads. of the actual lexicon doesn't make any of them good nor worth why do we back. remember these names of these shows because we were raised by tv morning after with nick and big j there's your first round of important stuff that is green day that is american idiot here on the morning after with nick and big j take me back to big j's childhood uh specifically the video games you played. What was the video game system that you had? Uh, at what age? Like I, the Your first, first one. The first one, Commodore 64. And how old were you then? Uh, I was probably eight. Okay. And that transitioned to what? Uh, I'm going to say Nintendo. Okay. And you were what? 11, 12? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and then did you have that the rest of the way until you were a teenager? Did you transfer over to Super Nintendo at some I mean, point? I Sega yeah, Genesis? Sega. So you went from Nintendo Sega, to Sega. Sega. I had them all. Okay. I mean, How I, I skipped over Atari. I didn't have that. Okay. How often did you so. play? Did your mom, like, restrict how much you were able no. to play your video games? No. So you spent a bunch of time in front of the yeah. team. At what age did that start? Eight? Were you just, in, like, locked in from eight on? I, I, I would say the heavy, heavy gameplay started when GoldenEye came out. Okay. So that was Super... Or that was Nintendo 64. Yeah, yeah. And you, that... Well, you had to be, like, 16, 15 or because, something like that. Because, well, I, I, mean, I mean, I played a lot on the computer. So I did a lot of computer gaming. Okay. So it was a lot of flight simulator and a lot of stuff like that. So, um, so I did that more than anything on the console. Gotcha. Sure. But then Goldeneye kicked in the console yeah. play. Yeah, that's when I started. Around. That's when it was like, then the PlayStation came out, and that's when you know it was an obsession. Fast forward to when you had children. Did you do any kind of restrictive? Motions as to how often the girls could play. Oh, sure. I mean, it all had to do with, you know, getting your work done, your homework, chores, whatever. Did you have a limit as to how many hours they could play? (laughs) No. Okay. So there weren't any limits on that kind of stuff, which is, I mean, it depends on who you talk to, but there is a new survey out of Sweden that says kids who play more time in video games actually end up being smarter, but I do think... That has more to do with today's video games than it does the video games that you and I played yeah. growing up. I I didn't have a I mean I had an Atari growing up, but uh, my Atari suffered the same fate of every single Atari I believe in the history of the world, which is I had a sleepover one night and then somebody spilled soda on my Atari and that was it. It was game over. I didn't have a video game system again because I couldn't take care of it, quote unquote, until uh, I was able to uh, get a Nintendo Entertainment System, which I got for my parents' divorce, and that is the God's honest truth. Damn. Uh, it was like a way to like placate me because my parents were getting divorced. Because it was your fault. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was really my fault. My parents got divorced, and so why not try to make me somewhat happy or give me something to take my mind off it? So I had the Mario Brothers, the Duck Hunt, and then I had the Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and that Quests. turned into Tecmo Bowl, which is then yeah, from the year th- my year twelve on, majority of my time was spent in front of a video game system uh, until I hit the college years when all that stuff went away and I stopped playing for not really just because I stopped playing because I didn't want to but I didn't have the availability like I, I didn't take a TV with me to my college experience therefore I was kind of on my own dealing with it so it was just a different time at that particular point but I have very serious restrictions on how much video games and what kind of video games that my kids play now because uh, I do want to make sure that they are playing it and having fun and I do believe uh, ironically enough before this you know survey came out that it has helped my oldest specifically with his communication skills now again my children are special needs so it's a different world altogether but you know he shows real specific interests in particular things and i want to encourage those interests and video games has helped not only with those interests but also open up doors to other interests that i didn't think he would enjoy as much and also there are video games that we can play together and these are things that we can do and enjoy and so video games don't have i think there are certainly some negative connotations that go along with them, but I believe that they have advanced enough where a majority of the people don't think they're that big evil thing that we used to think of when we were kids. Because the alternative was you could go out and play or you could play video games. And now really the alternative is either you can F around on TikTok or you can play video games. And which would you rather have your kids do? 
I guess, is the point. So uh, the good news is, you know, you should have some sort of restrictions on how often, depending how old your kids are, how often they play. And it should be a reward system. But know that they are getting some sort of benefit out of them than uh, we were when we were kids. I mean, again, there's a lot more problem-solving strategy-esque video games out there and different types of stuff that can help with particular skills as they get older that we didn't have when we were kids. Now, I still restrict my child from going online and playing video games because that's a cesspool and he doesn't need to be basically, you know, kind of in that world. The less he knows about racial slurs, the better off we all are. And so I I want to, and awful, you know, homophobic things. I don't want him to see that side of the world. And all that is, is online playing in the video games that he plays. I've been on it myself. I know the world that that is, and I don't need him on that. But having some restrictions, knowing what your kids play and letting them play that, encouraging them is actually a positive thing. So wouldn't that be nice if our parents had that information when we were growing up? Yeah. That would have made our lives, our childhoods a little bit easier. Listen, I'm being smart here. I'm trying to improve my social skills. Let me play Dunk Hut. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Coming up in a few minutes, Big J reviews a movie for us. That movie is called Triple R. Find out how it was next on the X-Rocks. Yesterday, right around this time, the good people of the Treasure Valley that listened to this morning show selected a movie for Big J to watch as part of a thing called Streaming Dumbass. That movie was an Indian film called Triple R. It is available to stream on Netflix, and now we get Big J's official opinion on it. How was... Is it triple R or RRR? RRR. And does it stand for something? Yes, rise, uh, roar, and revolt. Oh, I like it. Okay. Yeah, because it's uh, it's basically about uh, the uh, the British colonization of India and uh, thus the uh, the egregious uh, egregious things that they did uh, to the people, and then uh, them trying to rise up and fight back. I like it. Okay, so uh, that's a pretty big deal, and that's uh, and, and you know we've got a former guest of the morning after here, Ray Stevenson. Oh, get out of here! He's in it. Yes, awesome. And he is the main bad guy. Okay. So uh, and it's and it's pretty bad. And so you what you've got here is. Uh, uh, is a typical uh, Bollywood film with which over the top. I mean, it's it's a big deal. This is also the the highest grossing movie ever in India, and and probably the biggest budget as well. It was a very big deal uh, for this uh, movie coming out there, and so you've got all the the things that Bollywood. It's like you know, if for people who've never watched one of these movies, just imagine like uh, a, a typical um, American action movie. Uh, but you take all this stuff uh, and, and multiply it by 10 and you put it, and that's what an Indian uh, action movie is like. Right, because right? it's all over-the-top effects and it's, crazy stuff. It's over-the-top effects. I mean, it's fun, but it's way too much slow motion happening. Uh, they, uh, the imagery, they overdo it by 100. Um, and so it's fun for a while. It's not fun, Nick, for three hours. Okay. So, uh, and, and, and some movies need three hours, and it's okay to be three hours long. This movie, I don't think, needed to be three hours long. You could take this movie and cut it almost in half <clears throat> and get all the stuff out of it that was really good. Because there's some good stuff in here. The relationship between the uh, the two stars in here, uh, Raja and um, Beham, uh, you know, they're, they're different. They're based on, like, uh, I, I think... Um, like uh, Indian heroes, right? 
of, of lore and they come together and, and for different reasons and two different uh, situations happening um, and, but for the one same goal and that is to try to free India from the British and it's it's a very interesting thing so it's it's got some really good stuff in it but it's also way too long didn't need to be now are you is that just the American in you that wants you to cut out them to cut out all the dance scenes and the musical numbers and stuff no because I mean no while there, there is a, like, the Bollywood of I, it all? I can only imagine Nick laughing his Hysterically, as he puts this into the mix of movies, because he knows I hate musicals, and uh, you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh god, not another musical number happening here. I, I don't think that that adds to it. Just the story that they had, um, just there was too much of some of the details that we didn't really need. Okay, uh, that that's where it comes from. Um, I, I don't think necessarily it was the musical numbers or whatnot. Um, those happen, and th- those happens sometimes during like intense action scenes, right? Which makes it really funny. You should watch this movie. I had planned on it. I'm not going to say it's like it's as crazy as Willy's whatever. Wonderland. Wonderland. But there are some ridiculously crazy things, and they're fun. And the performances are really good. These guys are badasses. And um, and so if you want to go into this territory, uh, you, you should be prepared for, it seems like six hours, not three hours. I'll be honest in some regards. But some of it's really good. Um, is this your first Bollywood movie that you've watched all no, the way through? No, no, Okay. Can you name the other ones? No, I can't. Of course not. Because uh, I don't, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever actually, like, I've seen, like, clips and stuff of Bollywood films, but I don't think I've ever watched one all the way through. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, mostly because you, you really don't have access to that stuff. I mean, you can seek it out and find it, of course. Yeah. But it's not really readily available for an American audience, which means you have to kind of seek it out and look for it. There are some scenes that are just hilarious. Sure. But I don't know if they're meant to be hilarious. Uh, and that's maybe why they're hilarious. I, like they, they've taken this action thing and, and they put it over the top. But, you know, instead of like uh, it, it, as an American audience, we're like, yeah, that's the cheesy part that we kind of think is fun. But it's it's not it's not the point of the movie. This is the point of the movie. Right. Is these scenes and imagery for some of, of this stuff, which you get in a lot of Bollywood movies. This, however, has a lot more substance. It's dealing with something uh, that is really important, historical and, and awful. Yes, exactly. So, so it's got a message behind it, but I guess the real question is, is it Big J approved? Yeah, despite it's three hours long, <laughs> I mean, there's a there's enough good stuff here, and I enjoyed myself watching it enough to approve it. I feel like that's 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 the adventure that you would get with with RRR. You, you would you may go, yeah, it was long. Will I revisit it? No, but I bet you it's a fun movie to watch. Just from looking at the previews, I'm like, I, I bet you that's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I wish I could. I, I there's part of, uh, like as you get almost to the end of the movie, I'm like, man, I really want to watch the beginning of this again, <laughs> but not the whole thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, because there's some really cool scenes like a couple of these guys uh ram sharon he's uh, one of the lead actors and here is is excellent as uh raja um he's just great loved him so uh believe it or not rrr big j approved you uh he was not very much into it but and still not exactly a fan of the time uh, length of the film but he does say it's definitely worth checking out so if you're in the right mood for it yeah with some friends and stuff you'd have a good party here. you might as well uh it is available for you to stream on netflix and it is officially big j approved with nick and big j I know I may be in the minority, but I want to go on the record. I hate this. I hate it. Spotify has been testing a karaoke mode that gives you and scores you 
based on how well you sing along to the songs that are on Spotify. Now, not every single member of Spotify has this feature, but some users have started to share screenshots of their Spotify scores on social media. Uh, It's part of the lyrics feature, apparently. Those who have access will see a sing button, and uh, basically what happens is the device that you're on listens to you as you sing along and then scores you an accuracy score along with the song that you are singing to. Now, it has not officially released a statement regarding this new button, but I have said this before. I'll say it again. The world needs less karaoke in it, not more. And I'm not sure why we are encouraging people to do this. I feel like it's probably uh, just a way for things to kind of migrate to social media. And this feels like a natural progression onto something like, say, TikTok or Instagram reels for me. And so it makes sense from a brand standpoint, because really that's all TikTok is, is lip syncing to something. What a party pooper. Uh, Listen, do you enjoy karaoke? No, I mean, I have in the past on, on certain occasions, yes. but also I don't want to, you know, like, some people find joy in it. I, I'm not here to take that away. You are. I am not here to take yeah, away anybody's like joy. I'm telling you I don't want more karaoke in the world. I'm not saying, listen, I'm not telling you you shouldn't karaoke. I'm, that's all entirely up to you. Sounds I'm like telling it. you if you have something that has karaoke in it, you will not find me near. And listen, I went through a karaoke phase too, and that's why I'm so burnt out on it. Like, I mean, throughout the late 90s, early 2000s, every time I went out, I was it was at a karaoke place. Now, oftentimes, I would have to be fairly lathered up in order to sing, because nobody wants to hear that, least of all me. Right. But I don't... It's not enjoyable to me anymore. Only because, while there are people that are very good at karaoke, a vast majority of you should not be singing it. And I don't want you ruining a song while I'm just trying to have a good time. That, to me, is not fun. Hearing people sing poorly, it it used to be fun to me and was for years, and now I feel like all of that is out of my system. I don't mind if you're good at it, but it's so rare to go out to some place that has, you know, three-hour blocks of karaoke and find people that are talented enough to pull that off for a long period of time that it has ceased being enjoyable to me. But, uh, and, and maybe that's why I find myself, like, not migrating towards TikTok is because the videos I see are all that either lip syncing or singing along poorly to it or to any other sort of audio device. Yeah, that's like, like uh, one fifth of what's yeah, on TikTok. I have zero interest. I mean, it's not, that's not mostly what TikTok's about. Still but. Too much for me. Too much. Philadelphia Phillies' Bryce Harper will have surgery today to repair his broken left thumb, which he suffered when he was hit by a pitch against the Padres on Saturday. Rob Thompson, the Phillies' manager, didn't give a timetable yesterday for the MVP's return. However, the team is hopeful he's back this season at some point, uh, hopefully near the end of the year, they say. We'll see, because uh, that would be quite the blow to the Phillies if the reigning MVP would not be able to return this season after getting hit by a pitch. Uh, Speaking of medical issues, uh, while this is more on the music side than it is on the reality show side, certainly our best wishes to Travis Barker, who had to be rushed to a hospital in L.A. yesterday. The Blink-182 drummer was seen on a stretcher because that's all the paparazzi do is hang out outside the Kardashians' house. But apparently there was a medical emergency that he had to head to Cedars-Sinai Medical Center with his wife, Kourtney Kardashian, following closely behind. Now, they still haven't released any details as to why he's in the hospital. But he did tweet, God save me, on his Twitter before he had to be taken. Dramatic to the much, Travis? Very. Now, again, Jesus. I certainly hope 
that he's okay. I also hope this isn't done for the goofy reality show that they're all a part of, but you never know anymore, and unfortunately we live in a world where there has to be some sort of semblance of, hey, is this real or is this just for rating, you know? Listen, if my life is in peril, the last thing I'm thinking about is tweeting out. God help me. But also, you know, his his daughter tweeted out, again, everything's on Twitter, but, you know, please send your prayers. Now, we don't know. I mean, Travis has had some medical stuff in the past. You know, he's had some... Survived a damn plane crash. I was going to say, he's had some residual injuries because of that plane crash. Who knows what's going on? Uh, And certainly, again, I hope it's not serious, but they haven't released any details. I imagine some will come out soon because everything this family does is public. It's just a matter of time. But uh, I certainly wish him the best. Talented guy, very nice guy, former guest of this show. Uh, he was on talking about his book, so a very good dude. We wish him the best, and hopefully he is okay for his sake, his band's sake, and his family's sake. With Nick and Big J on 100.3, the X rocks. If ever there was a story that fit the actual title of the segment, this is it. Uh, we call this We're Going to Hell for a Reason. Usually it gives us an opportunity to at least have a little bit of fun on some stories that aren't exactly fun, but this is one where, like, I'm not even sure how this idea gets into the lexicon. But we find ourselves in Sweden for today's We're Going to Hell story. And it's all about a company called Oomph. And this is a company that's been in Sweden for a while. They're one of those companies that uh, works really hard to try to come up with some sort of meat substitute. You understand? They have been in the plant-based beyond meats, if you will, kind of thing, even though I know that's a different company altogether uh, kind of category for a very long time. They're looking for sustainable foods, working to make plants taste more like meat. And Big J, they have won a huge, gigantic food award because they have a brand new burger that it's all plant-based, but apparently it tastes like human. How do we know that? It's a really good question that they how, don't get how, into. How do you know it tastes like human unless you've eaten human, sicko, cannibal? Right. right. I don't know. Here's what I know. Uh, according to the company, it is completely meat-free and vegan-friendly. It's made from soya, mushrooms, wheat protein, as well as plant-based fats and what they're calling a, quote, mysterious spice mix. According to the company, the people in the lab got curious and fearless and tried to re- tried to create the world's first plant-based burger resembling human meat. And according to this contest that they answered, not, entered, not only did it work, but also it's, quote, delicious, which is really troubling. What the hell is wrong with these people? It's really, really troubling. I don't know why. But they wanted to put it together. Now, they also put together a really creepy ad campaign that is not recommended (laughs) that you watch it. The company did not explain what they used as a guideline for the taste and texture of human flesh, but do say they feel confident in the way that they have created it and echoed it so that if you're eating this burger, you will know what it's like to eat humans. And the leaders have said, quote, they're very proud of the teamwork behind it. And now the mission is we're going to help change the way people eat. But my question becomes, what if they're right? You know, what if they're right and it's delicious? What kind of monsters are we creating, I guess, is my point. Right? Because, like, listen, for all we know, it tastes like chicken. No, you're absolutely correct. I mean, and that could be a real problem, guys, a real problem. 
Now, my, my point is, like, I think we've all, we're not vegetarians, we're not vegans, but you and I have both had experiences with plant-based burgers. And I think we both said the same thing. It's like, listen, man, they're not bad. They're not. They've done yeah. a pretty good job replicating the taste of meat. Now, here's the problem. To me, as somebody that is a carnivore, a regular hamburger will always taste better than a plant-based burger. Not that there's anything wrong with those options, it's just I feel like the taste is better. And so my point is, what if you have this human flesh burger and you go, well, it's good, but what does a real thing taste like? Then you started to create a whole uh, whole new yeah, army then you of start terrible murdering animals. people and then preparing them for for meals. <laughs> It's not it's not a path we are meant to go down, I guess is my point. There is a reason why that stuff is taboo and like only talked about in the most extenuating of circumstances and terrible tragedies where these things are even brought up. You know, it's like you're stuck in like the Alps in a plane crash and you're like who do you eat first? It's your only source of food. That's why that's when these topics of discussion come up. It's not like I just want to know what it tastes like and there now there's something that replicates it because this should be a red flag for anybody that you're around or with if they're interested in it. That You should immediately go, that's the kind of person I no longer want to hang out with because they've got some wiring loose and it's not normal. And this is a, this is a thing that should not have been talked about, discussed, nor developed in a laboratory. It feels like it's a, a wrong thing to discuss and talk about. I don't care if it's only veggie-based. I don't care if it's all plant-based. I don't care if there's no humans in it whatsoever. It still seems like a weird topic to broach, I guess is my point. Yeah, yeah. why, why even include that? I mean, you just leave that out. Right. Like, why not just perfect what you've got and go from there? There's no reason for you to go further down the wormhole and go, I wonder how much more like humans we can make this taste like. It just does not seem like a smart Or is play. that a way to curb cannibalism? I don't know. Is there a real demand to do that? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of questions that this particular burger raises, and I have no interest in any of it. So, uh, basically, shame on you, oomph. This seems like a bad, bad corner of the marketplace to open up. And I'm not sure you want to know the customers that are interested in buying this stuff, I guess is my other point. <coughs> Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your We're Going to Hell story. It is the x Rock. <laughs> That's Foo Fighters Everlong here on the Morning After with Nick and Big J. I don't think I'm breaking news when I tell you over the last couple of days it's been fairly spicy outside. Agree or disagree? Big yeah, J. hot, hot. Which means the AC at the house has been running overtime more likely than not. A good reminder to make sure it's firing on all cylinders as we head into the summer months. So I ask you, Big J, uh, is that a topic of discussion in the Big J household, or can you guys agree on the temperature pretty much? No, you'd be, we agree on the temperature. Okay, because I'm yeah. the only guy in my place, therefore I've got nobody yeah, to argue it's with. It's fine if it's 80 degrees. Uh, it's never 80 degrees in there. That much sure I can assure you. It feels like it when I walked into your house. My house? Last time you've been in there. But, a long time. Uh, I ask you, Thanks what for inviting me over, is jerk. the temperature, well, with that attitude, why would I? What is the temperature in the Big J house? Uh, ideally it's set at 72. 72, okay. That seems hot to me for you for some reason. Um. Or is that just a temperature you could... No, I mean, that's... <laughs> I don't think that's... That seems... It's pretty comfortable. Okay. Cause Here's the difference. Because and, and, and there's difference in 72 degrees when it's cold out and when it's hot out. 
Sure. Okay. So, uh, I mean, relatively, the house stays at that temperature throughout the entire year. Like, oh. that's the goal. That's how exactly how I am, except mine is 70 degrees, which so, is crazy that I have my house set uh, cooler than yours. Yeah, so when it's hot out, it, the temperature is going to be set a little bit lower to keep it, try to keep it in that range. And since we, we just had our solar panels installed, uh, a couple days ago, actually, and, and Idaho Power still needs to come and hook that up. But part of that process was uh, they needed to do, do uh, insulation in our attic. Okay. And so we've got a little bit of that happening, and we replaced our old thermostat with a new Nest one. It's made a huge difference. In just the temperature and, of the house. And being okay. able to keep the house at, at a lower temperature. Which, uh, I, I, I'll i be honest, having shared a room with you, I thought for sure the temperature it would be much lower than 72. Oh, yeah, it would be if it was up to me but well, yeah. uh, i'm not a i'm not some sort of dictator but are there times where you you said it but i love it to be 65 degrees yeah okay but uh, not everybody feels that way no. so uh, so you're willing I, to compromise which yeah. is good but it was interesting now i i do want you to keep in mind that this information is coming from an air conditioning company oh good for them but according to their survey uh the perfect temperature to keep the ac at during the summer months is 64 degrees which seems really low to me for some reason. That seems great. Oh, uh, God, I, I wish. I, I, it sounds like it was something that you would like. Which it's a dream. If I had to guess what the Big J house was set at, I would have said like 68, 67, something like that, where I think you would like it in the lower 60s, but the rest of the house I know enjoys it a little bit warmer. Mine's 70, but 72 is the number that you go for, huh? And has that been that way for the past couple of years? Uh, or forever, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Because I do keep it like 72 or so in the wintertime, no doubt about it. But I do try to keep it like 70 or so in the summer just to keep things a little bit cooler. But 64 degrees seems like that's your AC running constantly when it's like 92 degrees or something like that here in Boise. I just feel like when it gets hot out, having a thermostat that low, it just seems like that would run the hell right out of your air conditioning That's what unit. I mean. So I, I, ideally what, what happens is and now that we have we can have more control over a thermostat because we have that nest, like uh, in the uh, off hours when it's not so hot out, that's when you try to bring the temperature of the house down so that you have like, it doesn't have to work all the time. Yeah. And, and so hard during the day when it gets really hot out. Which is why the 64 kind of shocked me. Again, I, I feel like it's coming from an AC company who kind of wouldn't want you to run your AC ragged so that maybe they you need their services a little bit sooner than you normally would. But yes, I mean, listen, your comfort level is your comfort level. However you keep your house is entirely up to you. But according to the survey, the new temperature perfect is 64 degrees. That seems like I would be... A, cold, and B, yes, running your AC constantly, which doesn't seem like it's the smartest thing to do. But whatever comfort level you're at, make sure that you're doing exactly that. And make sure you, you know, maintenance your uh, your actual AC unit and you're keeping up to it. Because uh, as we were talking about off the air and something that has happened to me, there's nothing worse than your AC going out when it's 100 degrees outside. Oh, yeah. It's miserable. And it's happened to me a couple of times, just once here, but I used to live in Arizona where it's constantly 100 degrees. And if your AC goes out in the summer, it's bad news bears. So make sure you're doing what you need to do to keep that thing in tip-top condition because it sucks when it's not there. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Important stuff is on the way. Let's not forget we also have your Pop Culture Smackdown coming up too. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Well, Aaron B&B is making some changes, Big J, although you probably shouldn't be surprised. Back in 2019, the company put 
a small but temporary what they called ban on parties, meaning you cannot rent an Airbnb just to have a rager. You understand? the hell, man? It's not your business why I'm renting this Airbnb. They cracked down on that after a ton of complaints from Airbnb owners saying, listen, people were trashing the houses. There were too many people. Not enough people were there to actually sleep them safely, which led to fire hazards and fines and all sorts of stuff. So back in 2019, Airbnb said, you know what? No more parties. You cannot have a party. If you have a party, you will be banned forever from using Airbnb and you will be charged a ridiculous amount. It's all in their terms of service. And now that particular ban that started in 2019 is permanent. Uh, Since the beginning of the ban, reports of parties have dropped 74%. The San Francisco company has suspended more than 6,600 accounts for violating this rule and fined them almost more than $200,000. People hosting parties in homes during the start of pandemic also was reported to be a problem, which is why they kept the ban in place. And now that ban is permanent, so don't go thinking you can have a Airbnb party. As a matter of fact, when I rented an Airbnb when I went to Phoenix a couple months ago, uh, they had a limit on how many people were allowed at the Airbnb at once. And they were strictly monitoring that because most Airbnbs are have security systems in them so they can keep track. So they weren't messing around. Like, I knew I had to make sure that things were on the up and up. Not that I was planning a rager anyway, but we were going to have some people over and have, like, a pool get-together. But, like, I had to limit it to, like, six people. And they couldn't spend the night. That was the other thing. So there are a lot of rules that go into it. So keep that in mind yeah, if you're no thinking thanks. about it. I won't do an Airbnb again. Uh, when was the last time you had a rager? I don't care. I want Somebody the, else's I, place. I, I don't care. It's like you either want me to rent your place or you don't. Well, here's the thing. Almost all of the rental places have that in, in place because of these same complaints. So it's nothing new, just so you know. Serena Williams is out after her first round match at Wimbledon yesterday, which was her first singles match since getting injured at the same tournament last year. She fell to Harmony 10, 7 5, 1 6, 7 6, 10 7 in a third set tiebreaker. When the 40 year old was asked if this might have been her last match, she said she that's a question she can't answer, but we certainly are hitting the home stretch for the career of both the Williams sisters, I think, which, uh, by the way, should be chalk up as probably the greatest tennis careers we've ever seen. Uh, mm-hmm. man or woman. It's just incredible the stretch that they went on, without a doubt, and are the best at the business. There is no question there either. Big J, uh, we could have a real situation with the Deshaun Watson stuff happening in Cleveland. Uh, the NFL has insisted on what they're calling an indefinite suspension for Deshaun Watson yesterday at a hearing before the NFL and the NFL Players Association Disciplinary Committee. Now, this is unprecedented for a lot of reasons. Number one, don't forget, Roger Goodell has the power, per the collective bargaining agreement, to punish him however he wants to see fit. So they have no appeal process. They have no way of doing it. Whatever Roger Goodell says is gold. And everybody saying before the meeting was they're probably looking at a full season. And now they're saying he's out until whenever we say, which has got some real issues for the Browns, considering they paid him $230 million guaranteed whether he steps on the field or not. Uh, So this trade is looking dumber and dumber by the second. Now, keep in mind, of course, that Deshaun Watson has said that he is innocent. He is saying that he has settled 20, I believe, 22 of the 26 cases. But there are still four uh, defendants that are, uh, excuse me, people that are that are filing suit against Deshaun Watson that want to take it to trial. 
So this is far from over, and it's going to be a very long time, I think, before we see Deshaun Watson on a football field again. So that's not great for him. Of course, his lawyer hasn't helped situations. The Browns haven't helped the situations. Uh, None of this stuff is good in any way, shape, or form. But listen, uh, no offense, I feel like he's getting what he deserves, however. Um, he certainly oh, didn't yeah. deserve the $230 million guaranteed contract. There's a lot of quarterbacks out there that actually play that probably deserve guaranteed contracts before Deshaun Watson got every single dollar guaranteed. So I have no sympathy for this the Browns or where they find themselves in in this particular situation because of what's going on. Big J, there will be a sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife. It will be in theaters Christmas time next year. Plot details have not been announced, but according to Variety, the movies will be heading back to New York City, where the original Ghostbusters movies were set, and that's where the adventure will continue. I feel like a bad Ghostbusters fan because I haven't watched Afterlife yet. Yeah, me yet, too. But it's only available on Stars, and no offense, I don't have Stars. I have like everything else, but I don't have Stars. I don't have Showtime either. But it's what you know. It, it, Refuses it, to rent it, people. I do. Well, you haven't either. Have you? That's right. No, you're right. I take it. There you go. Well, I didn't work at a video store. <clears throat> what the hell does that have to do with Ghostbusters well, you, you Afterlife? You worked at a place renting pl- things. Yes, but now I pay for stuff. streaming service. And that's not true. I have rented things before. But I, I felt like eventually it would come to me because it was a fairly big deal. It hasn't yet, but it will. It'll get there. It won't stay on stars forever. No movie ever does. So uh, eventually it will be there. And the good news is I've got about a year and a half before I have to really worry about it um, and worry about the sequel, which is coming into theaters, I guess, at that particular point. Pure Smackdown. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. We're staring 4th of July weekend right in the face, man. And you know what? Uh, Saturday, July 2nd, that's part of the 4th of July weekend. A great concert is happening at Expo Idaho Grandstands. I'm talking about Bad Flower, Royal Bliss. going to be a very special show. And guess what? We're going to hook you up with tickets to that uh, right here if you can beat Nick at Pop Culture Smackdown. Now, earlier this morning, we talked about who's the boss. They're going to make it uh, continue that and at least for a couple episodes or season whatever so we're going to focus here on some uh, older sitcoms and tv shows that you may have forgotten or not all right we'll test your knowledge see how far this goes 208-287-1003 for bad flower royal bliss tickets if you'd like to play big j are you prepared yeah then to the phones we go good morning the x good morning how you doing sir what's your name jake all right jake you're up first man Jake, this show was groundbreaking at the time. It was about two families brought together by marriage, and both had three kids. What was that TV show? The Brady show? Bunch. The Brady Bunch right. is right. Let's go back to the 70s, huh? Yeah. Uh, it bled into the 80s eventually. All right, Nick. Uh, this show is based on the life of the narrator. The family has a mother, father, grandparents, and seven children. They live on their own mountain. Is this family, Little House in the Prairie, The Waltons, or Aaron's Way? Give me the description again. The show is based on the life of the narrator. The family has a mother, father, grandparents, and seven children. They live on their own mountain. Okay. The mountain thing is going to tell me 
uh, Little House on the Prairie. Oh, no. It's the Waltons? It's the Waltons. Right. It's the Waltons. Good night, John Boy. I remember that part about it, but uh, I don't remember the actual, like, uh, house. I remember the big old house and everybody saying good night, but I don't think I've ever watched an episode of either of those shows, to be perfectly honest. So they were a little bit before my time and yeah. uh, stuff that I enjoyed. But that was pretty easy, Jake. Congratulations. Hang on one second. We'll hook you up with those bad flower tickets. You going to save the rest for later? Uh, let's see here, uh, Nick. Um, the the question's for you. Uh, this one, uh, this show is about four older w- women who live in the same house in Miami. That's Golden Girls, easy. Uh, how about this show took place in California on a cul-de-sac. The two main characters are originally from Texas and moved to California to start a life over. Was it Dallas, Knott's Landing, Dynasty, or Falcon Crest? Uh, none of those shows I've watched. I don't know. They all bleed together for me. They're not the same show? It's Knott's Landing. Knott's no. Landing. Not the same Morning show. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Your headlines are next on the X-Ray. Big J. Headlines are as follows, Big J. Nice catch. Keep it to yourself and let's sink this bitch. Keep it to yourself. A passenger flying from Detroit to Denver was arrested after he shared an inappropriate photo of himself to the entire flight. What? How? Uh... Airdropping, Big J. Are you familiar with the process? Oh, God. How does that... Is that an iPhone thing? Yeah, it's okay, an iPhone so How does it work? Well, I mean, it's... When it works like it's supposed to, it's actually a really cool thing. But basically, you turn that on, and you can drop any photo, anything, media from your phone right to other iPhone users, airdrop users. But so, so you don't have to have a previous connection to them in order to make this available. No, as long as they have their airdrop turned on, okay. generally, you're supposed to be able to just poof, here So you go. That, then this is what happened. They're on this flight, and basically, this guy airdropped. I don't know if he was... I don't know if you can you, I guess, do it to... to I don't know. I don't know either but i i I have a feeling it's probably a mistake uh well he tried he airdropped several pictures of his junk to uh everybody on the flight basically and then a bunch of people opened it up and they knew who it was coming from uh all they had was his first name was larry oh hey hey larry's dropping his junk right and so uh then they the passengers and crew were notified in the video larry confesses to the deed saying he was just trying to have some fun nobody wants to see pictures of his junk what's up with that uh, Southwest did say, say I guess. Larry, <laughs> I mean, sorry would be a good start. I'm a creep. I made a mistake. <laughs> uh, he was arrested once the flight landed in Denver because nobody wants to see that guy. Yeah, it's in a, uh, it's, it's lewd behavior. Yeah, it's exactly right. Uh, do not airdrop photos to randos of your junk, please and thank you. Uh, certainly not on a flight. don't do it in general. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. How about that? And, and full stop. You're absolutely right. Nice catch, or let's sink this bitch. Let's sink this bitch. A Norwegian cruise line ship on the way to an Alaskan glacier accidentally hit that glacier over the weekend, and now it has to be turned around due to damage, according to reports. The ship, the Norwegian Sun, smacked into the iceberg known as a graveler on Saturday and was rerouted to Juneau for inspection. Uh, Apparently, it was uh, engulfed by dense fog, which limited visibility and resulted in the ship making contact with the iceberg. According to Cruise Hive, which is a blog dedicated to cruise news, you you might as well bookmark that right next to your fast food one. The ship remains fully operational and is currently on its way to Juneau. Uh, Stop if you heard that before. That's exactly what they said about the Titanic before it ended up in the sea. So uh, I'm sure everybody that's currently on that ship or was was at least somewhat worried as well they probably should be. You know what I mean? No, technology is advanced now. I I, I was having this conversation with my wife yesterday because she, uh, as a result of this, is having a heavy volume of work. Because of Alaska. Ah, I see. And the flights associated with the next 
crews from the ship. So uh-huh. uh, that's being uh, canceled for the most part. But I'm like, oh, technology's really changed. That thing would have sunk in the early 1900s. Yeah, I don't know how hard it hit the iceberg. That may have played a role as well, but uh, cruise ships or ships in general and icebergs don't have a great history, so I can understand why people were uh, freaking out about that particular thing. But yeah, now they're all stranded in Alaska and have to find their way home. I imagine the cruise line is paying for their flights, right? I don't know. Uh, Well, your wife would probably know. Well, she's only telling me the other way around, not the coming back home. Wrap it up with nice catch. A baby in Turkey was saved thanks to a stranger walking by after it fell from a one-story balcony. As the one-year-old fell, he actually fell into the arms of a window-shopping pedestrian. What the hell? Ruiaski was shocked to find a child had fallen right into his arms. He wasn't even planning on it. He wasn't even looking up. It just fell right in there. Thankfully, the baby was a little bit banged up because you can't fall a story without, you know, without somebody expecting it. But the dude made a hell of a catch. He had to be taken to the hospital. The baby's in stable but good condition. So uh, I guess head on a swivel, everybody. You never know. Yeah, when give you're, that guy a golden glove when you're going to catch a baby when you're just out there window shopping. So uh, A plus reflex check on that dude. And uh, keep an eye on your kids so they don't go tumbling off the of balconies, please. And thank you. Because that would be a rough way to the start the week. Ghost of Michael Jackson up there? I cannot confirm nor deny that. I don't think he ever dropped the baby. He almost did, though. I remember that. That was a big brouhaha. Insane. Yeah, don't be dangling babies over balconies, period. That's another yeah. full stop. Stop air <laughs> airdropping pictures of your junk. Dropping babies. Don't dangle babies. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your headlines. You're up to date on all the things. But we do owe you one final check of traffic. <laughs> That is the Black Keys. That is Wild Child here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. And there's a really cool event happening this weekend that you all need to learn a little thing about. It is called Gem State Gaming Convention. We are happy to welcome in our friend Sean from Phoenix Fire Games back into the studio. Good morning, man. How are you? Good morning. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for making time out of your day to talk about this event this weekend. We were talking a little bit off the air. This is officially year number five of this thing. Number five. Let's talk about, before we get into all the cool stuff that you're going to have this weekend, uh, the really cool beginnings of this because Phoenix Fire Games has been around for a while. You've been doing board games forever and you had this idea of making a, a convention for everybody to get together and kind of learn about the coolness and play together the coolness of board games. How did it start? And I'm sure you're pretty happy with where you've gotten to, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, part of part of my industry, part of the gaming industry is I travel to other gaming conventions all over the country and and uh, we just we wanted Idaho to have a part of that and understand, like, you know, what can go on when everybody just gets together and and plays games together so we're trying to just give give idaho a piece of that and that's what inspired all of this yeah it's so cool it is it is and you guys started you you now are in year number five and uh it's bigger and better than ever i would imagine right that's i mean that's always the goal right is you know more people more fun so where is it happening this weekend and where can people check it out yeah a brand new venue actually we're really excited so we're at the boise center now at the grove um so starts uh registration friday at 10 a.m uh and uh all three days friday saturday sunday we we run until midnight on friday and saturday and sunday until 8 p.m you know and now there's gonna be some epic i'm sure you know gaming situations there and i just got a pop culture question i wonder you know since stranger things has come out and been so hugely popular have you seen an uptick in some people being interested in doing that kind of board game action 
So, so a big part of Stranger Things is Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. and so that actual industry has grown immensely since then. Um, I mean, celebrities have come out and been like, "Oh, I also play D and D." Right. And so, no, it's really, really become a huge, huge thing. And then in the last two years, you know, when people are staying home. That industry grew even more. People were playing online together and it's like live streaming D and D games and stuff. So it's become huge. And that, I mean, yeah, it made a big difference. Cool, makes sense. Yeah. You know, the big thing about Gem State Gaming Con, of course, there's going to be tons of vendors there where you can see the latest in games and the new tabletop stuff that's out there. But you guys have gone out of your way since you're number one to make it as interactive as possible. And not only are there places that you can purchase games, but you can you have like a library where you can check out games and actually take them and take them to a table and play them you have rooms dedicated to particular games where people can play i mean it being as interactive as possible and for us all ages is incredibly important to you guys I yeah imagine, absolutely right? yeah 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 and i mean there's like you said there's over a hundred different events that you can sign up for ahead of time that are all included as part of the entire event none of the individual tiny events have have a fee to them um the library is hundreds and hundreds of games some of them you can actually play and you'll win during the weekend when person will take them home um cool. and then there's open gaming as well so i mean it's really Really for all ages, um, yeah. Regional vendors, like you mentioned, there's there's dozens of them, um, and uh, I mean, yeah, it's I mean, it's just it's just a nerd holla. It's you know, so and it's it's like inclusive and welcoming for people who don't know what they're doing, like like me. I mean, you can just wander in and be like, oh, I don't know what this is about, and and they'll be really you know helpful and and welcoming to to bring you into that because more people playing is more fun. Absolutely, yeah, so much so. I mean, everybody that I mean, all of our volunteer event runners and stuff that that are they're, they're, they're just, they want to share games with people. And that's what they're there for. So yeah. the more people that show up that don't know what they're doing, even better for them. And Sean, you know, we've known you for a while. Uh, you're one of the best people out there. You've you've oh. done some great things for our families and just for people in general. And you have tied that into the Gem State Gaming uh, Con that's happening this weekend because you're also helping out a charity while people are coming by there, right? Absolutely, yeah. So our charity partner is the Alzheimer's Association of Greater Idaho. And uh, I mean, we, we appreciate them. We're, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it, we're so excited uh, to have them as our partner. And, uh, and I mean, yeah, couldn't be better. So you know if you're you're popping by, you're bringing the family, you are getting a pass all weekend or even one day, you're helping out the Alzheimer's Association a little bit, which is a great feeling as well. And I know you can't put this on without some of the other vendors that are there and sponsors, so who else is helping you put it on this no, year? I appreciate that. Yeah, so, I mean, Hackford at Treeford uh, Music Festival, I mean, huge sponsors of ours and huge friends, you know, so thank you to them. Uh, Lucky Duck Games, actually one of one of our game publishers, uh, they're sponsoring our, our games that everybody gets if they have a three-day badge, so that's that's huge. Um, and then, I mean, Phoenix Fire Games is his, I mean, the staff there has been a big part of this convention, so we, we have to thank them. Yeah, I've heard good things about them. And, uh, you know, uh, if people want to <laughs> grab their uh, their passes in advance or learn a little bit more about the convention this weekend, is there a place that they can go to to Very check that so. out? Yeah, yeah, gemstategamingconvention.com. Uh, I mean, we're on Twitter, gemstategaming, and Instagram, gemstategaming, Facebook, gemstategaming. You can find us everywhere. Okay, yeah. so you can grab your tickets in advance, but of course, you you never uh, discourage people from just swinging on by the Grove this weekend and checking it out. So the hours again? Um, so Friday, 10 a.m., start registration until midnight. Saturday, 8 a.m., Sunday, 8 a.m. Beautiful, and it runs all day, baby. All day. And you can yeah. game as much as you want. Uh, I highly recommend the three-day pass. You will meet new people there that you enjoy. You will come in contact with new games. And like we said, it's inclusive. Uh, I brought my family down there, and my kids are special needs, and they fit right in and had so much fun. It was, it was a really great time, and I appreciate you putting this up. We'll always ask you, though, Sean, 
uh, some of the best games that people should look out for. Is there anything new out there that really is cool that people should want to play? New play? feature this year, actually. We've got a hot game section. So okay. we've got eight games that are just just tearing up the charts. One of them, uh, just because of a, a you know, kind of connection I have with a publisher, uh, doesn't even release until August, and that's It's a Wonderful Kingdom. Um, but uh, there's a fun game uh, called Micro Macro that's a, kind of a party-style game. It's a murder mystery kind of game that'll be out live. Um, and then, uh, and then uh, Canvas is actually one that we're so excited to be showing off to people there. So, yeah, that hot game section is, is open the entire weekend. We're going to have people there throughout the weekend helping people learn them how to stuff, too. So, yeah. Check it out for yourself. It's nice. a great, great weekend event happening all weekend long at the Boise Center of the Gem State Gaming Con. Follow online and grab your tickets. And, Sean, thank you for coming in. We appreciate thank it. You. And of thank course, you. Anytime. Morning After with Naked Big J. We got your bad impressions next on the X Rocks. <laughs> 100.3 The X. Bad Impressions brought to you by Treasure Valley Subaru. Easy in, easy out. Location next to Idaho Center exit off the freeway. And we got tickets to Bad Flower and Royal Bliss. That show happening Saturday at the Expo Idaho Grandstand. It's going to be really good. And we're going to get you set up with those tickets. You just need to figure out uh, who is uh, the subject of Bad Impressions. 208-287-1003. That is our phone number. Uh, Big J's got three clues to help you along the path to try to figure out who he is. If you can do so in those three clues or less, then the concert tickets are yours. To the phones we go. Good morning, the X. How's it going? What's up, buddy? What's your name? Jay. All right, Jay, you're up first, man. Good luck. I went from supermodel in the late 90s to super actress. Uh, next one. I was the first mystique in the X-Men movies. Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Good there you pull, go. man. Way to go. Congratulations, yeah, Jay. Faith in our listeners. Tick, I mean, that's just a hard one. She hasn't done stuff in a while. Hang on yeah, one she second, actually man. She has. We'll hook you up. Watching it. What's that? Uh, she's been in a lot of. She's been a lot of the Star Trek stuff uh, that's happening on CBS on all uh, Paramount Plus. Uh, what was Clue Three? Just for but, the record, uh, by the clue way. Clue Three was I once was married to John Stamos. Now I'm married to Jerry O'Connell. It's true. And why is she in the news? Uh, well, her and Jerry O'Connell are going to host uh, an upcoming reality series called The Real Love Boat on CBS. And according to Friday, uh, the dating show will see contestants mingling on a luxury cruise ship sailing through the Mediterranean. I believe we made fun of this when they first announced the it before. Love Boat. No way. <laughs> I would never make about, fun of The Love Boat. Uh, but it's not The Love Boat. It's a reality show that's very different from the actual Love Boat. I say that The Love Boat was actually a reality show. Because don't forget, The Love Boat was already couples that went away, usually were having issues <laughs> and yes. needed a place to get away. This is like a dating show on a ship. Yeah. So it is a little bit different than the star-studded affair that we grew up with. I have, when's the last, did we talk about, we probably talked about this the last time, but I just recently watched an episode of The Love Boat. Oh no, I don't think we did. Okay, why? yeah, so I don't know why. I had, I was, I don't know what I was doing, but I'm like, I'm going to check out The Love Boat. So you actually press play on The I, Love Boat. I, pl- I okay. press play, I watched the whole episode, the, the first episode, and I'm like, whoa, that is not going to be okay now. <laughs> <laughs> like it was a lot of misogyny. A yeah, lot, it was. It was pretty. Like uh, you know, if I remember right, the role of Gopher was essentially to sexually harass all the females that were yeah, on the ship. Yeah, right? I mean, okay, it is yeah. blatant. Yeah. and now we're like in our wokeness. It's like, holy crap! How did this show get made? Let alone for multiple seasons. That's our favorite saying, Big J. It was a different time. It was, it was. a different time. Uh, but rest assured, well, listen, there's going to be plenty of sexual harassment on this Love Boat yeah, reality show. Yeah, but it's show. more acceptable forms. Correct. They're, they're, they're signing releases before they actually encourage the, the sexual DMAs, all that sort of stuff. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We will wrap up the show here next on the x Rock. Rest in peace. 
And it's Dorothy wrapping up the morning after with Nick and Big J for this Wednesday. Special thank you to our friend Sean Wainwright from Phoenix Fire Games for popping by and talking oh, about yeah. the Gem State Gaming Convention happening this weekend at the Boise Center. Starts Friday, goes all the way through Sunday. Make sure you check them out online and go check it out in person. You will not be sorry. We promise you that. Uh, Big J was not very excited yesterday about watching a movie called RRR, but guess what? He enjoyed it. In fact, he even said it is approved. So it is a long one it's on netflix but you can check it out if you like he enjoyed that and we talked about plant-based human burgers for some ungodly reason over the course of the show today that leaves you with the floor big j yeah if you're wondering why sometimes summer uh you know feels great it's because uh according to 54 percent of uh people in a survey that they feel most nostalgic in the summer so uh i get that I mean, we have fond memories when we were kids going out doing summer stuff. Sure. Yeah, it makes it makes sense. I mean, it's a lot easier to be nostalgic about the positive things. And nostalgia, I think, in most ways is a good feeling when you feel good yourself. And it's a lot easier to feel good when you're outside in the summer than it is when you're all cooped up in the winter, right? Yeah. Trying to stay warm and keeping yourself uh, occupied indoors. It makes it a little bit more difficult. So uh, hopefully that summer good feelings will continue with uh, some outdoor shows. There's another one on Saturday, Bad Flower royal bliss we'll have more of those tickets tomorrow so that'll give you a reason to tune in plus big j will give you a nerd alert as we move forward to thursday as well jason drew is swinging in here next you guys have a great rest of your wednesday we'll see you tomorrow at cx rocks the morning after podcast brought to you by idaho advocates you didn't deserve to be in an accident but you do deserve an advocate make sure you hit them up on their website idahoadvocates.com